0: Hey, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing spin the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Doseckies. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Yeah, this is Sierra. They just had him and her and Russ just introduced another one into the world yesterday, I think. Um so congratulations to those, too. But uh, before I get to the giant side of things, before we move on, because I do another thing I've got to do if I don't run out of time, I've got to address. I had a tweet yesterday um, and it kind of goes in the long lines of everything right now, the way I feel um, in regards to the uh, sports gambling world and officials. So I want to address this guy. I've already responded to him on Twitter, but I told him that I'm going to address him over airways because I know there's a lot of people like him. And I knew that there was going to be this once it became more mainstream. And I never judge anybody about, you know, what they know and, you know, what they've, what they've done, you know, from sitting here over a microphone. But, you know, social media will tell you a lot about people by what they tweet and how they communicate and I can just tell by this guy or whoever this is I don't know his Twitter handle off the top of my head um, his take on sports gambling and the problem it lets me know that he has no idea what he's talking about and there's a lot of people that are coming into this whole conspiracy world with sports betting, and they don't even know, and they couldn't even tell you what a VIG is. So I'm going to see if I can get to that before I get out of here. Uh, but we've got some comments coming in here on Facebook Live before we get back to the Giants situation. Joshua Medina is checking in, and he says, I don't get the obsession with wanting a face of ownership. The Packers don't have one, never have. They've proven to be a successful organization without one. Well, Josh Medina, that that's a that's a correct statement, but also you have to look at the criteria of that. What other organization in professional sports is owned by the city? There is not one in North American sports. Um, and the way the Packers started, you know, the Vince Lombardi, please start the tradition. Yeah, they've shown to be for the most part successful without it. Um, but that's one example. And the only example that you can give me and the reason to answer your question, which I know you listened to the show for years, Joshua. So I know you've heard me talk about this, but the reason why my, what you want to call obsession. It's not so much an obsession. It's just reality of just what I've seen. Um, if you don't have a face of the owner and you don't have ownership, who's holding anybody accountable. If you did a poll in just everyday life and you went through different professions and they did a case study on people that basically don't work with a supervisor or a boss over their neck every day compared to people that have to report via a supervisor from afar. How do you think those people approach? Not all, but how do you think majority of some people approach every day when they go to work, whether they got a boss that's looking over and they got an answer or the boss ain't around? Ask yourself that, Joshua. And let me also ask, how did you act when you were in grade school? Was there a difference if you were just basically if your teacher had a press a teacher's conference and she was going to be gone the first 30 minutes of class and she was only going to be able to come back and teach the last 20 and she left a student in charge? Did the classroom act the same? So my point is to bring it full circle. Let's talk about that, because I feel like if you're talking about and evidently you're talking about when I talk about in regards to the San Antonio Spurs, which I've talked about this for Denver for five or six years when they didn't have one. And the, and the kids were tied up legally in courts. I've talked about this. But your comment was coming back with the Spurs. So at the end of the day, when you have, who's, I mean, who in there is sitting there and questioning anything with this coaching staff or GM or whoever in regards to where the franchise is at right now? And why do we have the scene that we lose in this many games? There's nobody. Who was in there talking to John Elway basically when there was Quarterbacks missed after miss when there was guys let go that shouldn't be, when there was missed picks, when there was, hey, we just became the first team in history to miss the super uh, playoffs four years in a row after missing the Super Bowl. Who who was he talking to? Who was asking them those questions? Nobody. So, like they say, the most successful people usually always have somebody to answer to. So that's the reason why Joshua, because it doesn't bowl well. It does not bowl well. Because there's no accountability, you you can and and also to add that Joshua, you can also quote unquote if I'm so obsessed with, you can say that I'm obsessed with the fact that if the ownership, if you got bad ownership, that you can also. I mean, I'd rather have bad ownership because at least you have an ownership, not one at all. But you can't overcome and you get you can't do it with bad ownership. I don't care who's your quarterback. I don't care who's your power forward. Who's your center? Who's your point guard? Whether you got five, you know, first team all NBA, whether you got four pro bowlers, you can. It's proven. So, yeah, you pick the one organization that's the only organization that's really run by the community and the city owns. And you pick the one team out of North American sports that you could probably come to your head to say, hey, they're doing it. But the circumstances even allow the reason why they don't have ownership. I'm talking about teams that are ran by battle and teams that have boards they're owned by board members because either it's tied up between family the 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 person has passed this and that that's the difference joshua but back to the giants again to me the devito success um I'm always like everything. Let me see how it goes when there's DNA and there's tapes. But I can tell you what's already there is the energy that he's bringing that Daniel Jones never brought. And it also proves that the Giants, and I said in real time, they paid Daniel Jones and they gave him the reason of giving him that contract was tried to convince him and convince themselves that he was the guy. We've seen Tyrod Taylor fill in for this team and win games, and we've seen now this this, this Italian come out of nowhere and have the Giants on a three-game winning streak, possibly still with a chance to sneak in the back door. Um, And I've said this before. I think they're going to be in the same situation they were with Eli Manning um, that they're going to be in with Daniel Jones where he's probably not going anywhere on the roster. He's going to be back, but he's going to have to be competing for a job, and he's probably going to be a backup if they can't move him or, or, or trade him or what have you. Because I believe Daniel Jones, I mean, I, I really don't I believe he's a backup quarterback, caliber quarterback. I've kind of seen enough. I mean, last year's success was majorly around Shakon Barkley, but we've got two sample sizes of two different quarterbacks in the same year That this team looks totally different playing for defense is different with more energy. Offense is different. It's just the belief. So we'll see. And this guy, you know, uh, DeVito. I mean, the other thing he's doing is he's putting butts in the seats and he's bringing attention. And that stuff matters too in the NFL. When you talk about who we're gonna roll with, who we're gonna have a starting job. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Giants were gonna be in the quarterback for uh, market for a quarterback anyway, whether they would discover this Devito kid or not. But I mean, he's got them winning three games. They won three games in a row. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Um, so we'll see how they bounce back. Speaking of both teams, green Bay, um, you know, Lafleur said that he's going to use it, that hopefully he uses a lesson. And the other thing with Miami McDaniel said that, you know, again, he would see how his team's going to respond and rally around this. But the one thing I also had on the docket, we need it. We need to do away with hard knocks needs to go away. I don't believe it's a good thing. When it first started, uh, it was fresh. It was new. um, I've been talking about this, but there's proof. I mean, look, they did the end season hard knocks Miami. And the reason and I'm not going to tell you this is the reason why they lost to the Tennessee Titans. But think about this, like they're human, too. And these are players and creatures of habit. And we've all heard how difficult it is to prepare for opponent or how much studying needs to go in whether you're the quarterback, whether you're the cornerback, whether you're a running back. It's a lot of preparation and study going through. And how do you expect a team to be focused and basically have a coach and overcome this when you're having cameras around? No one acts, everybody acts different in front of cameras for the most part. No one really acts like if, you know, like for the most part, you might have some reality superstars that act maybe similar to what they do when they're filming a reality TV, you know, show. But when you put cameras around, guys have to act a certain way from coaches and everything and what you want on camera, what you don't want to say. And that right there can be exhausting. And the other reason why I think they should really do away with it is because nobody is running to do this. They've had to beg for like the last two years to find somebody that wants to do the, the, the preseason training camp, R-Knox, and then the E-season one. And I'm the one who even said, hey, I can probably make sense, okay, with the end-season one, then doing, just do away with the preseason one. But now that I'm seeing, I mean, the Colts, they were, I mean, there are other reasons. The Colts, they were there last year. They lost six out of the last seven games. I mean, they might have been bad from the get-go. But you can't make me believe that this is not a distraction. For the NFL team, and this is another thing that I feel because money gets into greed, and we all look at NFL as the greedy big bully too. Uh, the truth of the matter. It's a situation where this is where greed is sacrificed for the product and the access to the customer and the fans. And that's why I'll keep banging this is that it, the, the fans do not have. I don't know why we feel that we're entitled to have to have all the access we are with our professional teams that we root for. I mean, I get it. It's a form of entertainment and we do live in a TMZ world. But when it comes to these, it's a, a you know at the expense of. Their jobs and their quality and their craft. It just sometimes we're not all good money's not all money's good money, and it's not all business sense of sense. So uh, that came to my mind even last like, night. I'm like, man, this this I don't. I mean, I'm not going to go to the whole Madden jinx situation, but this damn hard knock situation is being a, a jinx. And what makes it look too bad for bad for people like me that's looking at it from that angle is that they having to beg teams to participate in this. At first, they didn't have to do that. The first few years of this, they did not have to do that. Uh, who else do we have uh, on there? Who else was that with the – Adam Martinez. Calvin, don't know if you covered the job old man Gilmore did on A.J. Brown. Also, McCarthy was right in letting more go, but now the Cowboys need to win more than one playoff game. Your thoughts? Yes, Adam, I touched on it yesterday's show. I know everybody doesn't get a chance to listen every day, but when you do miss uh, the show, make sure you go to Sports Ground online to download the podcast. Um but no, I gave Mike McCarthy his flowers uh, yesterday Adam. You know, I said that there's been a lot of criticism. I mean, first of all, I didn't I wasn't a fan favorite. I was skeptical about him taking over the play calling. You know, I predicted that the offense was going to struggle without Kellen Moore. Uh, but what I didn't see is obviously the, the the maturity and the next level of what Dak is playing this West Coast system with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, and that's development. And I also said, Adam, that this is the first time, in my opinion, post-Jimmy Johnson era, that we've actually seen a quarterback developed into better play in Dallas history. Okay? Um, maybe for the exception of the Bill Parcells era with the Tony Romo situation. Considering who was on that staff and Tony came out, you know, Sean discovered him at the college he went through and he got some coaching and he went through some growing pains. But Tony never took the game serious until his body started breaking down on him. I mean, he was too midgy going to Cabo with the one by seed, and he would turn around, you know, this and that. Oh, hey, losing, it's not the end of the world. He, he just, the, the thing with Tony is just Tony screwed up because his profession, he didn't take his craft seriously until he got later on in his career, but his body was already starting to break down, collarbone, back, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I gave Mike McCarthy flowers, but I never – like I've told you, Adam, and you know, I mean, I've said this a hundred times, I never wavered from Dak in regards to being able to win a Super Bowl with Dak. I've always said it comes down to better coaching. And right now, offensively-wise, and the way he's playing the quarterback position, obviously he's getting the best coaching he's ever got since he's been in, in, in the professional, in the NFL, coming out of Mississippi State. He's in MVP conversations. I think if they run the table down the stretch, especially if you go on the road and you beat Miami – And you beat Buffalo, I think that seals the deal for Dak Prescott. He'd have my vote. I mean, I think Jalen... Is just not had that year this year as a team in general. I mean, he's got. I said it yesterday. He's got a lot of turnover. Speaking of hurts, but I did bring up in the first hour that you know I think Tyreek Hill deserves a little bit more run than what he's doing. I know he tried to bay Ruth his shot about two thousand yards. His health's going to play a factor in that. I mean, he's going to have to get going here. He's got to get that, but he's definitely needs more conversation. You saw it last night when he went out. That's a totally different team offensively. There's no way that they're, they rank three, number one in three different offensive categories if you take Tyreek Hill off that team. And they st- and I got a lot of respect for Waddle. I got respect for Tua, Mostert, all them guys. But Tyreek Hill probably deserves a little bit more. Uh, but, no, I think Dak. Because it, what it sounds like to me is going to come down to Dak and Brock Purdy as your MVP candidates. 877. grind alright and yeah Gilly did a good job on AJ Brown Uh, I think Gilmore came out and said that uh, AJ called him old he said that kind of got him going got under skin a little bit that AJ came out and called him old a little trash talk and I guess Gilly kind of woke up and had his attendance full go and got going Um, but anyway sticking with the NFL theme uh, we did find out that uh, Justin Hibbert is going to be out the rest of the season. Uh, had a procedure on his finger. Heard uh, it in the Denver Bronco game this past Sunday. Um, smart decision. Um, they're not going anywhere. Um, I anticipate. Uh, I'd say this with a grain of salt because I've educated y'all on how cheap the, the, the Spano family is who own the Chargers. I expect a overhaul. Um Coming this uh, Black Monday, as they call it, Uh, maybe a couple days after that. So why put Hibbert your prized possession that you've already invested into? Why trot him out there for a team that has three wins or four wins in the season uh, that is not winning division games and they haven't beat anybody? So shut him down. They're done. We'll see uh, what happens. But he's done for the season. Um, Also, NFL-wise, what else we got? Uh, Denver. Uh, The Broncos are moving up uh, your U.S. Today world, your Yahoo, the NFL.com world of the power rankings. Uh, They've made some progress is what they've done. I think what six out of seven games they've won now. Uh, When we get back, I wanted to go ahead and give my personal opinion who I have as the true pro bowlers. Um, that's worthy of a Pro Bowl selection on this particular team, speaking of the Denver Broncos. Also, I've got to address conspiracy sports gambling guy uh, that tweeted at me uh, yesterday. Definitely got to get into that, and we'll take also a look at tonight's NBA schedule as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinner the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Penland Whiskey. Penland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Penland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Penland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the Pro Velocity Tour that is Pell and Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well. Okay. Um, keeping it moving. Who else we had? Oh, we had A.J. Oh, excuse me. A.G. L.T.X. And Calvin, thanks for always sending shout out to Laredo. No problem. Just because I've had people say they listen in from Laredo. Um, and so I've kind of. That's why I give those shots out. If people know how I coordinate that especially or if you're an affiliate that you know we're in but anyway all right so back to sticking a little bit for the NFL before we dive more into the NBA Um, the Denver Broncos um, that have played themselves back into the hunt of the playoff chase um, has definitely In my opinion, first off, I, you know, and again, I'm not a big power ranking type of dude. I've only done that once on this show. Uh, But it is interesting to me sometimes to see how they view how different writers that are on different national, you know, platforms, how they view certain teams and what they rank as the season progresses. And I've (laughs) you know, checked out two or three major sites, say, you know, USA today nfl.com. And I think um, there was one more, but they had Denver right around, you know, I've, I only saw one crack the top 10, which was like nine. Uh, and then a couple other spots, they've been 11 and 12. Cause you gotta understand, like at the beginning, at the first half of the season, hell, they were, I mean, there's 32 teams in the league. They were like around the 27th mark, 26. Um, and with that, it's credit, again, to the coaches' staff, but also you have to have players that have that make plays. And and if you're going to win and you go on winning streaks and win out that many games, um, you're going to have to have players that buy in and, and make plays. And so it got me to think, like, okay, you know, we're to this time of the year coming here close where Pro Bowls are going to be announced and stuff like that. And I started thinking, like, well, who's really worthy on this team? Uh, because I haven't been that high on the roster all year. I mean, I've been high on the coach and the coach staff, but the roster is is it's there. I, you know, I still say the same. I don't care whether they run the table or make the playoffs or not. They need more depth. They need to work on their depth on this roster. They need to add more talent. But it started me to think like, who would I say that's really Pro Bowl worthy before this comes out? Um, here and whenever it's due to release and it's had me start thinking I came up probably with three only three guys and maybe you would put maybe a 1B um, first I would probably say Quinn offensive tackle Quinn Miners probably butchered his last name but Quinn uh, AK Belly. One that always has his gut out belly. You know they drafted him a couple years ago. He just went to the hospital. Got released from the hospital. By the way, I don't know what he was dealing with. Uh, but he's a guard. He's definitely. I mean, he's a big part in my opinion. Um, I think for the whole season body of work, I think he's outplayed McGlitchy. I think he's outplayed Powers. Um, he's the guy that kind of sets the nasty tone for this running style that they developed over the last month or two. Uh, So I definitely would, he would get one of my votes. Uh, The second vote would come in the way of Justin Simmons. Of course, you know, he's all pro, but he definitely would reserve, uh, deserve a Pro Bowl nod from me this year. Um, And I would sit there and say, Cortland Sutton would be the other. now, you might say well where is Patrick Sertain, Calvin well I mean Patrick is his his talent speak for itself um I don't know you know I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a pro bowl nod I mean he's one of the top in the game he's been voted that way he's had a good season I mean it's hard to judge him because there's a lot of teams that just don't test him that just don't throw that way uh sometimes he switched up on a tight end uh definitely I could see him making it uh but I, these are just three guys that I think that definitely, and not saying that PS2, I mean, that's, you know, that's family, roll title. I'm not saying he hasn't had an impact on this defense, but guys that have really jumped off at the page, I would see those three. Um, in my opinion, not saying that's who's going to be, but that's just my opinion. When you look at this team and what they've accomplished to be able to get themselves back in the hunt and the one honorable mention that I would probably give, cause I know he probably leads the team in tackles and he probably high up there in tackles in the league in general. And that's Alex Singleton um he cost them the game against Houston a big part of it. Um he damn near almost repeated the same thing this week. I couldn't rem- I couldn't believe that he plays with an edge. Uh he's always around the ball. He sets the tone physicality. I could see him. I mean, he had a good reputation when he played with the Eagles. I don't know if he made pro bowls when he played with the Eagles, but he spent some time with the Eagles. He's 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 been a known name way before he even got to Denver. But I think what he's brought this year in the turnaround um definitely uh, deserves probably some votes, but I have to go with those three guys that I named. But we'll see how it plays out, man. They've got the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's a primetime game. You know, we're going to this Saturday format now. Uh, well, we've got some games on Saturday. I think we've got what, a triple header this Saturday, I think, or double, at least a double header, because I know Pittsburgh and Colts play. Um, and then you have the primetime game with Detroit and Denver. Am I missing one in the morning that I, that I made? I know we have two of them. Uh, we have a three piece. Okay. A Saturday three piece. Uh so first off this
2: week, of course, we get to Thursday. We get Easton yeah. Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Uh Chargers versus Raiders. Golly. Oh my
0: goodness.
2: So that's a that's uh, a that's a great Al Michaels game to start the week. <laughs> um this Saturday though, Vikings at Bengals, Steelers at Colts, Broncos at Lions.
0: Who who's Bengals got?
2: Uh they're hosting the Vikings. Uh, where Nick Mullins has officially been named starter this week, yeah, the pastor not went to the bench, yeah,
0: hey, but he he did a good job, man. I mean, you know, I know I was kind of hard grading him and saying he's back up for a reason or a travel team, but Josh Dobbs did a hell of a good job this season with the Arizona Cardinals, Minnesota Vikings, I mean it's you know hell of a job. He won some games, kept him afloat, Mullins is coming back off injured he did his duty. I know he got pulled uh you know last week. I mean, well, again, I'll give Kevin O'Connell credit because it was aptitude offense on both sides. And I know it's going to sound like just continue to bang on black on black crime. But Antonio Pierce, I mean, they made the decision to get Jimmy out of there. I mean, to demote him. And I'm high. I was high on this kid in preseason. The Raiders quarterback now, whatever. But when you you looked at them in the last couple weeks, especially looking at Minnesota, he just they can't get nothing going. Um, and, and you would like to think if you got a guy that's won some playoff te- games and getting in the Super Bowl, you know, I don't know if he's getting scolded because he was Josh McDaniel's handpick. I don't know. But you would like to think if Kevin O'Connell can do a quarterback change and he don't have Jimmy Garoppolo sitting on the bench, why in the hell can't you can't you make a change and put Jimmy in? Um that's that. I meant to bring that up yesterday, but you can get a chance to touch on that. But, uh, no, Dobbs did a heck of a job. But um, that's an interesting game. Mullins and, you know, I mean, Cincinnati. Browning's on fire, too. Uh, you know, I know we're going with uh, uh, DeVito. I want to call him Danny DeVito so bad. DeVito. But Browning's up there. It's flying under the radar. 2-0. 2-0. You know, so that's that's in a playoff game important. That Pittsburgh and Colts game, like I said, I, that's almost borderline. Now, either loser this will not be mathematically out, but the loser of this one between Pittsburgh and the Colts are really gonna it's gonna be an uphill battle. Especially, I think if you're looking at your Pittsburgh Steeler fan, eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, so. Um, Let me go ahead and because uh, in the NBA I want to talk about kind of what who's on the docket tonight. I want to talk about the Lakers situation and their decision. Um, but let me let me address this. I got a tweet yesterday. Um, you know what? I'm going to wait on that. We'll, we'll we'll wait for that second hour. Let's talk. Let's talk NBA. I'll try to address that before I get out of the second hour. Um, NBA, the Lakers. We know they're coming off of the first ever in-season tournament. They won it. They are the champions the first year. You know, LeBron talked about how special that was going to be. There's going to be many other in-season tournament champions, but we can say we're the first. Well, Jonas brought it to my attention yesterday evening. I guess the Lakers have made a decision, uh, Mr. Clark, to, uh, to raise a banner. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, uh, from Chris Haynes. Uh, He he was one of those among uh, the early reporters, uh, saying that the Los Angeles Lakers will unveil a NBA Cup, which is what the the in-season tournament Mm -hmm. uh, was called, the NBA Mm -hmm. Cup banner uh, on December 18th. Um, They're going to just unveil one banner. So rather than stacking banners, it's going to be more like – I'm more like what we see with rodeo banners and stuff it's just gonna have the years. So it's so every year that they, they're just gonna add another year rather than another banner. So okay. they're gonna this is gonna be the first banner across the league. And then they would just put twenty twenty three and then if they win it in the future, right. they'll put the year okay.
0: on the I, got banner. You. I see, I see the vision. Um I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, even if they wouldn't have done it like that, let's say if they would have just hung a banner to say that, hey, we're the, you know, cup champions. I, I know yesterday what I said in regards to – and see, I've, those are separate from me. First of all, they're tied – let me explain, Jones. First off, they're tied with the most champion banners in NBA history, real world champion banners with Boston. 17 apiece, right? And that's where they're at. Tied at 17. Um. So I don't have a problem with an organization that has hung that many banners deciding to go ahead and hang up a banner for this in-season tournament. Whether they were going to do it this way, I like that way though. It kind of makes it separate from that and say, "Hey, we're just going to add that smart." Um or they could have just hung another banner that said cup champions. The reason why I don't have a problem with that in per se, because again, it's the Lakers. They've got 17 of them. It's not like the Colts who have one Super Bowl win in their history, but they hang up. Ursay allows runner up AFC South division banners to be hung up all around Lucas oil practice facility. That's whack. That's, that's whack. That's there. That's not in this scenario. This is an actual cut, whatever my take on the, champagne yesterday if you didn't listen in yesterday's show you can go check the podcast at sportsgroundonline.com but the celebration part of the champagne and all that I feel like that's sacred due to the fact of that's assinuated with the Larry O'Brien trophy and I believe like people that have not experienced that you know let's just say if you're on the Lakers and you haven't experienced that on Austin Reeves or whoever you don't want to cheapen it by an in-season tournament title that wasn't really playing the best of the best. I mean, it was an elimination point differential. I just think that that wire you want to go through the journey and the test of really winning the championship before you let the champagne burn in your eyes. That that that's the reason why I felt like that. I have no problem with the caps, no problem with that, but the whole champ that should be really reserved for the real. The Real deal, but hanging a champion banner for it, I don't have a problem with it. Well, you thought I was gonna have a problem with it, didn't you? Because of the champagne, because you looked at me like, Well, how do you have a problem with that? You thought I was probably gonna have a problem with him hanging the banner. Yeah, I, I expected
2: uh, that you would kind of be against it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I, I honestly feel like you're a little bit back. If this was another franchise, if this was a huh. smaller franchise at the Detroit Pistons, for example, be like, Yeah, enjoy that banner. Um, because we we hang banners for, I mean, uh, other other sports. They, the the Spurs down here at the Frost Bank Center have a banner for you know division champs and and conference champs. Of course, conference champs is one thing. Uh, division champs is a whole other. And I think there's just kind of like this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's more like the in season tournament banner that the Lakers are hanging to, where it's just like listed the years.
0: Yeah, if you um, want to rather ta- than yeah. separate banners.
2: Uh-huh. But if the, if this was a a, a, a different franchise, not a chasing banner eighteen, you know, in the Celtics or or um, with the Lakers. I feel like if if Indiana would have would have won this, I feel like you would be roasting them. So I'm kind of uh, shocked by your tame tame response.
0: Well, I will tell you that um, first of all, there's only two franchises in professional sports that I can't stand, and I've said this a hundred times in these airways. That's Dallas Cowboys and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I preference that saying by they've got the most. So if they choose to go in and honor this, that's fine. The Pacers or somebody else, I don't know if I, I can see. Now, look, I can see how you would think that. I'm not going to sit here and just think, well, Jonas, where'd you get that from? I do see that, but I don't know if it, if it was. I think anybody I would have basically bros. I mean, I, I had a problem with the champagne. And that's the Lakers. Who's done that 17 times? Not these guys, but the 17 times. I just feel that right there is special. Like you said, Spurs, South Division, uh, you know, Division banners. I just told you about the Colts. I-, I think the Colts are the only team in the NFL that does that. By the by the way, in my opinion, I think because you can count on two fingers how many teams do that. I mean, the runner up banners. Who does that? That's different. I mean, I I think if it was Indiana or somebody, no. I mean, there. But what you're saying though, there would be some people out there saying that. Saying, oh yeah, that's a fake one. That's that. Hell the Lakers don't even get credit. They their their last title is called a hotel ballroom title. I mean if they you got people trolling LeBron and say, Wow, the two things you won with the Lakers are a hotel championship and now you got this in season cup tournament. But I'm I'm not gonna go there, but I can see why you might have thought that with Indiana I'd have a problem with them trolling. But I think Lakers with me not caring too much for them since I was a little kid. Um, any chance that I would get to kind of bang on them or pull, you know, justify, it, not just because I don't like them, you know, I try to maintain professionalism. But I could maybe, I wouldn't have no reason to try to go in for them just because they're a bigger team or champions. But I do feel that if they decide to do it, because it had to be the first. So somebody had to decide what we we're going to do. Now, what would happen if somebody else would have wanted, but they didn't want to do that? They didn't want to go ahead and hang a banner because they felt like, oh, OK, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Somebody eventually would have came along and say, hey, we want to honor this. We're going to hand the banger. So let somebody had to be the first. So I feel the Lakers have set the tone going forward. That's probably how it's going to be handled going forward. But I am not down with the champagne celebration for an in-cup tournament. Not the way it's set up now. No, no, that should be reserved. For the Larry O'Brien. And like I said on yesterday's show, it took me forever, conversations with Salami over the years, to finally accept the fact that it's okay for baseball players to pop bottles and champagne for each division. Wild card series. And you got to think, baseball has added more playoff spots and more rounds and wild card ever. So that just means more before you get to the ultimate goal, which is the World Series. That makes sense. That's 162 games, man. I finally got got war over on that side. So... That's 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 my thoughts on that. 877. 37 grind. All right. So in regards to the NBA, uh speaking of the N Cup tournament, um, the roadkill or the casualties of that Lakers first annual cup championship they won. The casualty of that was the Pelicans, uh, who they boat raced in that championship game. Now the Pelicans uh did the T-Wolves pretty dirty last night. Now, we know the T-Wolves are the best defensive team in the league. We know that at one time, if not still, they own the best NBA record in the NBA, especially in the West. So Pelicans went off. Um, I don't know what Zion's numbers were last night, but he had a chance, and he responded to his critics of the quote-unquote what we call the body shaming. You know people like myself saying he's out of condition You know Stephen A. Smith just called him straight up fat In front of millions of people um, I'm going to comment on that uh, When we get back Because he has responded uh, We'll get to that Also I'll go ahead and address the uh twitter guy out there I feel like it's more I don't want to just single him out because the reason I'm not trying to give him run but I think it's millions of people out there that think on the lines of him that really need to get educated when it comes to where we're at with the sports betting world you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. get a dose we are broadcasting from the maestro de bell tequila studios Calvin Casey Jonas Clark producing spin the one and twos we'll be back
1: When life sounds too much like this
2: It's time to consider more of
1: this Sometimes a little shift is all you need A dose of perspective Dos equis Lager Get a dose Enjoy Dos equis responsibly Copyright 2021 Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas White Plains, New York The fun starts here.